Back to On the Block with Strick and Nate on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. The Block. All the Blockheads out there, thank you for tuning in. As well, you can find us on YouTube, Twitch, Spotify, Facebook, and Twitter. Two to four is where we be on the block right here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. You can also tap in on the app, get some great content, sports talk radio right here. But we're going to cross over now, and we're going to talk about the NFC. We just, I mean, the AFC. We just we finished talk talking. Brian Munson. Oh, Brian Munson joining us today. <laughs> I told you. We had AFC. Oh, tomorrow. shoot. Tomorrow. Brian Munson's in the house. Brian Munson, what's up, man? We could talk AFC, though, man, because <laughs> I'm a Bills fan. So we, we could definitely talk about them opening up on Thursday night. Oh, we can definitely do that, my friend. Listen. A lot of things transpired. There was a lot of uh, animosity. There's still some hurt hearts. Some people are still unbelieving. We just did a good, bad, and ugly. We'll probably ask you that by, by the time we get off the phone with you. But tell us your thoughts about this game and how you felt about it and and what's your takeaway? Like, how do you feel after that win? I mean, it, 30, 38 to 17, I mean, you would normally say that's a – that's a big win, but at the end of the day, how did you really feel about it? Yeah, you know, I I, I mentioned on the air, it was with you. Um, I I also stated publicly. I said, look, I go this this game is not going to be for the faint of heart. Uh, I think I predicted thirty five fourteen, and I said one of those mm. scores. I I feel like maybe coming in late, mm. and it's not gonna. It, it's gonna look a lot better on the scoreboard than it's gonna look on paper. Mm. And for anybody that wanted to kind of watch it, they were going to kind of see what I was talking about. That you had some, you had some of those cardiac arrest type moments kind of coming in there. The, the first half, I mean, when you're, when you're, when you're going into halftime, you know, with that score, and you need basically the fourth quarter to kind of pull apart or to separate a little bit. I felt like Nebraska is going to have to find a way to kind of get some of that juice that they get that they're finding in the fourth quarter. And, and move it left. They're going to have to move some of that stuff up to where they are getting their opponents out of the flow of what they want to try to do because time of possession was crushing the Browns. Wasn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, two to one in the first half? Four possessions the entire first half? Yeah. That yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, was very, that was very Sean Watson, Bill Callahan, go to play Crabtree at Texas Tech. I mean, that was, that was a way to kind of slow down Leach. To slow down Frost and Whip the way that the way that North Dakota did was was basically a page from that book and and, and essentially it, it was it was it was put in Nebraska you know you're you're keeping that that defensive unit on the field that you know has got injury uh, injury of uh, 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 injuries at the second level anyway you had some potential conditioning issues that were exposed against Northwestern mm-hmm. you know earlier uh, earlier uh, the week before and now you're keeping those guys on the field for 20 minutes 20 plus minutes in the first half it was it was just too much and, and Nebraska was going to have to try to find ways to if they're going to speed it up with tempo and they have to score because they can't just keep you know facts and out kick it back and give that time back to those guys so I so my, my good though on the week dude 
how good does Grant look? Woo! I mean, I that that guy is like the second coming of Amir Abdullah to me. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what everybody he's saying. Got the nifty feet, and I think he's got a little bit more speed than what Amir does. And um, <clears throat> and I, I I'm still impressed with Casey Thompson, man. I, yeah. I I didn't know what we had. I didn't know what Nebraska had after the spring game. But wasn't it scary when you saw him uh, go into the tent? I, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, I I know that I know there's a there's a there's a fair amount of people out there that are, that've got some confidence in Purdy, or or they got guys that that want to see some others do it. I mean, he took a snap and he he ran for you know for ten twelve yards against Northwestern. I get it, but I mean, if you're really debating right now who the starter is in Lincoln, still, I mean, let's let's get, let's put that one to bed because Casey has got. I, I listened to that guy at the podium. He is mature. He has got his head screwed on straight. He seems like he is almost like that extension of the coaching staff that you that you you rarely get kind of with that quarterback. Um, he's he's certainly got a lot of things going for him. He's got that it factor, that control, and certainly seems to have that that team you know viewing him as their leader on the field. Brian Munson with On3 joining us. Brian, uh, something that a lot of people haven't really talked about and something that I picked up on, I want to get your thoughts. This is now the second straight week that the Nebraska offense has scored on their very first drive, looked dominant, drove down the field, and then a whole lot of nothing for the rest of the half. Do do you think there's something behind that, or do you think it's just more of a coincidence? Um, It depends. I'm not sure how much of scripting is coming into play there. Okay. Um, it, it, it could, it could potentially, I'm not sure how whip, how whip decides to kind of do that. I don't know if he and coach Joseph and the other offensive staff members are, are going into a room and kind of, kind of coming together with how that first drive is going to, is going to play out and get through that script essentially. Um, but if that's the case, then there, there's a need to get back closer to those things that are making them more successful in the first drive and keep that continuity basically and that momentum going because it, it does seem like they, they break down. They, they, they get out of that. They get out of basically that mode of what they've been kind of programmed to kind of do essentially. And, and it just seems like when they kind of break that and they get away from it, they are so far away from kind yeah. of being successful and, 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 you know, making those conversions, those important conversions to keep that second drive together. They don't seem like they're like they're, they seem very disjointed. Let's just put it that way. Incredibly disjointed. The timing is timing is off, you know, and, and you also get some, some mental breakdowns typically that kind of set in on that second drive. There's a real need, I think, to kind of keep that momentum going. You need to kind of call those guys over after that first score and kind of tell them, don't get in the tank. Don't get in the tank. We're going to go back out there the same way that we were doing the first drive. It's going to be very similar, and it, and it comes to the – the, the pocket style of the play calling that we're going to kind of kind of stay in we're seeing some things we think that we can be successful here until we see some adjustments and then guess what we got the adjustments for their adjustments and I think that, that there's kind of a need to kind of keep that that carrot in front of the offense to kind of make, make them show that the that the coaching staff has has got a step you know on the, the their opponent Brian uh, two two part question one is the offensive line to me in in a lot of ways is still bad there's still a lot of things that they have to drastically improve on 
especially in the past game, it seemed like they were a little bit more creative. You saw a little bit more trap blocking, some pulls, you know, just a little bit more diversity in that part of it. Um, but they still have got some work to do. I like your assessment on that. Second um, of that question, it's all in the same vein. Um, there seemed to be a shift from the first half to the second. And it looked reminiscent of what I hope to see in the Northwestern game, but they seemed to do it in this game where you had 11, 12 straight runs to close this game out. How do you, what, do you think that can continue on with the bad line play, or do you think it's, it's something that needs to be holistically addressed? You know, that's, <clears throat> there, you, you're, you're, you're so right because I, I think that there's only so much magic you can ever hope to get out of a running back or a running game when you're not consistently able to kind of open up holes. Yeah, he's not Barry Sanders. Yeah, no, he's not. And, 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 and you're, you're certainly, you're looking at it more too from like, okay, he's, he's getting a yard, he's getting two yards and he's busting it for 12 and 15. There's, there's a real lack of consistency of having those, those drive, those runs that are, that are three to four or four to five, you know, as opposed to no gain, no gain, 15 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's something that certainly pops out, and that has a lot to do with that offensive line consistency. I think there's one thing that that really, you know, I, I saw some guys moving around position wise. I think they're still trying to find that the right kind of chemistry and the way to kind of get that line constructed in front of Thompson to make sure that they're they're putting the best guys in the right place to find the fit. Um, that's the first part. Second part is, you know, I, I saw some, I've seen some things at a, at a Teddy that that makes me kind of wonder, you know where he's kind of at with, with still kind of recovering mentally from that knee injury. I think we all need to kind of remember where he was at, you know, as a true freshman last year and how, how quickly and how early into that season for him anyway, um, when he suffered the knee injury and, you know, and, and how quickly really he's kind of turned around from, from having that serious knee injury and then being ready to kind of start out the season. So you, there's a lot of things that go along with all that stuff. And, and you wonder kind of where that head is at. And if he's got any doubt that's kind of going into that leg, He's he's a very very capable player, but it, it just seems like that's not really that same guy, you know, out there confidence wise that was going out there and just leaned on guys in Norman a year ago. Um, so you 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 wonder where the mental side of that injury is kind of plaguing him still. Uh, I do think that there are some other uh, other issues up front uh, that they they need to go out there, and, and it's it's like what we talked about last week. These guys are going to be their their toughest critic. And when you put that offensive line in, in the room and you put the film on, and that is, that's the part there when you start to figure out why things aren't going and you're rewatching yourself you know, on a certain play, you're the one that's responsible for fixing that. And, and that's the part there I think where kind of the chickens come home to roost, right? The, the, that, that's, that's, where, that's where you've got to do better because it stands out there with what's not happening up front. Um, that being said, the, the run game to me, uh, it, it, the, the, the offensive line play is going to have to get cleaned up to keep having that type of success because I don't think you're going to continue to see those moments where, you know, whether it's Allen or Grant that are kind of find that little gap or find a way to kind of dance behind the line a little bit and then kind of shoot and get outside and keep being successful that way. I know that AJ was finding at least some little scenes that was able to kind of, you know, when he, on his touchdown run in particular, but I mean, those, those, those aren't even big enough to drive a bicycle through. 
I mean, not that you need it to where it's like a semi truck needing to be, need to go between there with with the gaps. It just there needs to be some spacing there, and having basically some sort of dominance up front and and be able to open up some holes. And that just simply hasn't happened. But I did like when they started incorporating the wham blocks and and kind of leading a little bit and kicking some guys out with Manning. Um, I thought that that was creative, and I think that that's going to be a good way to kind of get that defense a little bit back on their heels because right now they're just going toe-to-toe and just saying, we don't think you can beat us up front. Brian Munson from On3 join us. Brian, before we let you go, I want to make sure we flip over to the opposite side of the ball. We talked a lot about the offense. Uh, we, we still saw some issues tackling from the defense. The yeah. pass rush w- was better, but I honestly expected more against North Dakota's front um, what do you think the black shirts can look at as positive momentum moving forward? And are you a little bit worried that this season we're going to enter big 10 play and it's just going to have to win by, by getting into a shootout? I thought that the pass rush did get a little bit better. I, I liked the strip snap, uh, strip sack that, that Garrett had. Yeah. I really liked the package where O'Shawn and Garrett are on the field at the same time. Um, okay. Garrett has got some really nasty get off. Like he is on the snap of the ball, that dude is gone. And, and o- O'Shawn typically has still got his hand in the dirt where Garrett is gone. But where O'Shawn just sits there and he is so amazing to watch is that by the second step, he's exploded past the depth that Garrett gets to when he, get, when he comes to getting penetration and getting, getting into the backfield. Um, O'Shawn is a, is a scary, scary player when it comes to getting that pass rush together. So I, I think that there's – I think that that's coming together. I think that there's some timing. I think that there's been some things that they've that they've kind of been tweaking and turning on as things have been kind of going on. I I, I know that there's some there is some theories out there. I know that I kind of thought about it myself too, where you know they they kind of wanted to to introduce this and break this in there and, and kind of keep these things kind of adding things as they're go, kind of going along. But the danger there obviously is not having the capability of kind of jumping you know two or three pegs beyond because you get behind. And, and and that's a that's that's certainly going to be a, a, a trouble here because you're you're talking about a Georgia Southern team that has a quarterback that knows Nebraska intimately, had had put up yeah. 50 passing attempts when he was at Buffalo. That is not going to be a dude that's going to be scared to go out there and sling it around on Saturday. So yeah. they're going to have to get they're going to have to get into him a little bit and get some pressure on him and make him uncomfortable. Um, and and you're going to have there's obviously still some some guys that are, that are hurt, you know, and I thought that Hausman played, I thought he played excellent for a true freshman. I thought that there were definitely some yeah. times that North Dakota was trying to expose him a little bit and he just stayed with his responsibilities. I thought he played excellent, but I think Nebraska is going to have to dial up some pressure on Saturday uh, because that, that quarterback knows how to go, how to go out there and basically throw it around on the Huskers. Well, I'll tell you this. If they give him the time that they gave Helinski, it's going to be trouble, you know, because <laughs> I, I said the exact same thing. This this kid is coming in here. He is not afraid of this atmosphere. He's been here before. He smelt the air. So, Brian Munson joining us from On3. Brian, where's the good content that they can find you on a regular basis? Because you guys are doing some tremendous stuff at On3. We, uh, we love it, and thank you for joining us. Yeah, man, come on over to Husker Online. We now have the name that's followed us over there Over there now that Sean Callahan is back on the site. Steve Sipple, if you wondered where he's kind of gone, he's over with us now. So come to Hus- Husker Online on on3.com. Got a great sign-up special right now, 12 months for a buck. And you can find me on Twitter at, at Brian Munson underscore. And that's Munson, M-U-N-S-O-N. 
Brian, thank you for joining us on the block, man. We listen. We uh, we always love the content. We look forward to having you back next time. Have a good one, guys. We'll All see you. All right, there he goes, Brian Munson on the block, ninety three seven. The ticket, the ticketfm dot com. We've got to take a break. We'll close out the segment. I think DP's in the house. Oh yeah. So we'll do a little crossover with the crew from old school coming back right after this. It's been a great day on the block. We're a day late, but not a dollar short. We uh, Labor Day, we hope that you had a wonderful Labor Day on yesterday and time with your family, some great barbecue, whatever it is that you put on the grill. But we'll be right back after these few messages. Got to pay a few bills after this. Oh, wow.